Touchdown! Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by uh, Nick. The Husky Shady Jacobs. Nick, thanks for joining us today. People that don't know, Todd is not being mean. I just did a, uh, I just did a Marshall Mathers song before we started recording, and we decided I wouldn't be called uh, the same thing he is, so we had to come up with a name, so I decided Husky Shady fit me perfectly. There you go. It's a little bit harder to work into the rap because of the syllables. Uh, I told you, you have same. to say it really fast, okay? <laughs> You're the one that's emphasizing words, not me. <laughs> that's all right. Or come up with a better nickname. How about that? Huh? Uh, I'll work on that. That's my assignment for next week. <laughs> I wish you the best in your future endeavor on that one there, Todd. I like to call this a, I don't technically call this, but it's called a Toddcast. So we're <laughs> it's not a podcast. It's a Toddcast. <laughs> so here's, here's my question. Um, you said you wish me uh, all the best in my future endeavors. Do you wish Melvin Ingram all the best in his future endeavors now that he decided to sign with the Miami Dolphins instead of coming back to the Chiefs? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he's 33 at this age. I mean, what I've enjoyed having him here just for my own peace of mind, that would have been cool. But I, I think part of it is I think once they did the tender, they knew the number. That was their set number. They weren't going above that. Like, that's their number. You can take it or leave it, it type of it thing. It was 4.4 million. Right. And he got, I believe, somewhere between five to six hundred thousand more from the Dolphins. Yeah, he and, got about five million. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, the the Chiefs were kind of set at the number they were gonna give him. And like I, you know, I'm like, no, you know, he'll, he'll take it or leave it. He left it, went to the Dolphins, that's fine. And I mean, the the things that had kept coming out from people I chatted with was that he basically didn't want to do anything until training camp. So I'm curious to see if he'll show up to any of the Miami Dolphins OTAs or anything. And they're like, hey, yeah, no, you're good. You can show up around training camp. Because, I mean, honestly, he didn't need the reps. I mean, you know, you you don't want any wear and tear on him. So, But it is funny that they have him and Emmanuel Ogba both down there now. Right. And then Tyreek Hill is going to play the other defensive end. I think it was a, a strange move, but that seems like the kind of thing the Dolphins would do. It's certainly possible. I mean, just give it time. You know, the season's not over yet. <laughs> technically, hadn't even started, but you know. Yeah. Well, we are new and technically into a new league year. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I mean, obviously, I, I think you and I, and probably a lot of Chiefs Kingdom, thought that Ingram would be back. It, yeah. it would just, it would be, he would sign over the summer. So I, I'll admit, I was a little surprised um, and a little disappointed because. I mean, the assumption I think has been since, you know, they got Karloftis and weren't real active and in, in going after a veteran free agent um, that, you know, they had to have some other move um, that they were anticipating to bolster the defensive end group. Now that Ingram's and, and so it was natural to assume maybe it's Ingram. Obviously that's out of play now. So do you still think that the chiefs, are going to have to target a veteran defensive end, whether it's Trey Flowers or Jason Pierre-Paul or Jadevian Clowney or um, Tock McKinley or Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, those are some of the names that are still out there as far as the the group of edge rushers. Um, it gets a lot thinner uh, after that. I mean, are they just going to bring back Alex Okafor? Like, well, what are we doing here? <laughs> Stop putting so much pressure on me right now. (laughs) 
Jeez, man. He's like, what the world? It's very exhausting. Um, no, I do think they're going to have to find a veteran at some point between now and before the season starts. Like, it's not a bad thing if they go through OTAs and minicamp, see what Joshua Kando can do, see what Mike Dana can do, like, let those guys work in. And then, you know, with Malik Herring, what he can do, and some of the other guys, Austin Edwards and some of those guys, see what they're capable of. And is there, some, is there enough there that they can work with? I mean, in in an essential way, Karloft essentially replaces Melvin Ingram. You were just looking for somebody that could help be his mentor and give him, you know, kind of break sometimes if it was ideally in run defense. So, I mean, you're trying to get a guy who can help in run defense and can kind of be a mentor to him if you are going to get a veteran. So, I mean, that's that's where part of it is. If if I'm in the Chiefs' shoes, the only thing that I'm doing is uh, maybe one more edge rusher they can rotate in with Carlotis or potentially Frank Clark. And then you let the young guys develop under Joe Cullen. And then if you need to get an interior pass rusher or a defensive tackle as, as things go on, then, then you could try to do that. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Larry Obanjobi, you know, I mean, I know he got hurt there in the playoffs, but if, if that was the right price, that's a guy that I, I had in my free agency list a long time ago, but I don't know where he's at in his recovery. And based on the Bears having him fail his physical when they were going to sign him, tells me that he uh, he's still working back towards that. So maybe that's something that's maybe down the road type of addition that, you know, that if the number's right, I mean, that could that could be something. And obviously, I know a lot of people brought up Akeem Hicks over time, but if you're getting a guy right now on the free agent market, you're getting a rotational individual that can help, but you're not getting one of those true starters. Yeah, I mean, and there, look, you you brought up the defensive interior because obviously um, they could use help all along that defensive front, I think, still. Um, they didn't really address outside of Karloftis um, much with that group in the draft or in free agency. So um, there are some other names. You mentioned Akeem Hicks, um, you know, guys like Eddie Goldman and Dominican Sue, Lenval Joseph, uh, Star Latui, Brandon Williams. Um, but the thing think, is, how many of them are on the wrong right, side of 30? You know? Right, Malik Jackson. Well, that's the thing. All of them are right. are, are going to be, um, you know, uh, older. Um, you know, Sheldon Richardson. You know, I, I think I said Malik Jackson already, guys like that. Um, like, they're, they're older. They've all got, um, you know, wear and tear. They've all uh, got, let's just say that they're not, uh, uh, if they were, impact guys that were expected to come in and be difference makers on a defense, they would already be signed. So, you know, like you said, I mean, these are, these are rotational guys that, you know, Jaron Reed types. I mean, you're not getting, um, you know, you're not getting a, a, a guy who's expected to make a big impact. The big impact is going to have to come from Chris Jones having a full season uh, at defensive tackle, uh, his natural position and staying healthy. Right, and staying healthy, George Karloftis, and then development of other guys. Yeah, and then like, but like when I mentioned Larry, uh, Larry Ogunjobi, like he's 27, and I mean he has his best years under contract years, so just keep signing him to one-year deals. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, and that's talk, that's the one possibility. Just no matter how much money you would want. Yeah, there's. I mean, Talk McKinley's out there. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he's you know, if you're looking for guys who are younger, he's 27. Jadavian Clowney's still 29, but 
I think his best days are probably behind him. I think that's fair. Well, to and say. you don't you don't bounce around as many teams as he did if you're, you know, if you're if you're yeah. at the point where you need to be. Trey Flowers intrigues me. I mean, he's also 29, but I mean, he's coming off a big contract. So the question with him is after being with the Patriots, then getting paid by the Lions, would he want to come back to a team where he has a chance to chase rings now that he's his, you know, his fight? Financial security may not be um, the driving force for it. Mean, you know, we talked with Chris Cabot about that, right? Like, if Trey Flowers went into free agency thinking a certain thing, and and there's no big money deal that materialized, d- does he consider a prove it deal? And is he a guy that you know? I mean, at this point, you could certainly do worse than adding a Trey Flowers to your rotation if you had to go get somebody, so you had a body out there. Well, and the, and the problem for Trey is the past two years. He's only played in 14 games, like, you know, total over two year span. So, right. you know, well, that's, so, what I'm saying. That, None of that, the, that's why he's still on the market. All these guys have injury age or declining production concerns. That's just the reality of the situation. Dang, Todd, look at you out here. Just well, learning like, fact bombs. I mean, let's not pretend. I mean, Melvin Ingram had, you know, age declining production and, and injury history issues as well. Right. So yeah. it's it's not like. You know, it's not like this wasn't where the Chiefs were already at because, I mean, that's the reality of, you know, I mean, Ingram's 33, Ingram's had knee issues, Ingram's sack numbers have declined for for several straight years. So it's a question of, you know, the Chiefs are going to, Brett Veach is going to have to get to work, do his homework and find somebody who will be effective in Spagnuolo's scheme and still has enough tread left on the tire to contribute and hold up over the course of a 17, potentially 21 game season. And that's the bottom line. Cause the Husky shady said so. <laughs> <laughs> so one other thing, and, and we'll start to get a peek at some of this in OTAs though. One other option. I mean, when you think about Leo Chanel, I mean, his, his best skill set, other than just being a, 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 a having a, a, a high work rate and being a thumper, was his ability to rush the passer. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a, I, I can see a world in which they uh, use him in pass rush situations and, and maybe try to uh, get something out of, out of him from that standpoint, because I mean, look, um, it, it'll also be interesting to see what, if any changes they make on defense. Obviously a lot of teams were effective last year against the chiefs, not necessarily going after Patrick Mahomes, but sitting back, playing more zone, forcing him to be patient and, and, and play, you know, and play the long game. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, that seems to be a way that some teams are going now is forcing teams to be more methodical, putting at your athletes in space against their athletes. Um, you know, so if the chiefs incorporate more of that, I mean, defensive end may not be as critical in the end as most fans and people assume it will be, um, you know, when, when we actually get to the 2022 season, that's just, that could be a reality too. I mean, at the end of the day, the chiefs drafted four secondary players. So, you know, like you gotta let those guys develop and take the growing pains that they're going to go through. So, I mean, I I think the chief, I'm curious to see with what they drafted, what their vision is for this defense versus what it's been in the past. Cause I know it's been very heavy revolved around, the safety and the pass rush. So whenever you had somebody like Leo Chanel and he got Nick Bolton, when he got, 
the, the secondary that you do? What, what are you willing to change in your scheme or alter that teams aren't expecting and teams haven't seen on tape? And that's the thing. I mean, we, you know, the assumption all along when Anthony Hitchens was let go was that Nick Bolton's moving to the middle and uh, they're, they're going to identify a strong side backer. But I mean, maybe they think that they can improve Nick Bolton enough in coverage um, or, or maybe they envision, you know, on early downs or, you know, that Nick Bolton stays at strong safety. And then when you go to your sub packages and things like that, maybe that's when Chanel comes off the field um, and Bolton, you know, slides. But I, I mean, who knows, who knows what they're thinking, but we'll do you, how many of those answers do you think we will start to see um, now that OTAs are arrived, have arrived? Oh yeah, no, you're not seeing any of those till August or September, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you're not finding out what they're doing strategy wise till till then. They got a lot of guys on the team that aren't going to be there come September, so they're not going to give away that all the all of their playbook. Right. I mean, I think we will. I mean, like, look, if if they are going to rotate Chanel defensive end, though, I think we could see some of that. If they are going to, you know, continue to use Bolton at a strong side position, we see him in a lot of pass coverage drills. Um, although I think they'll make all the linebackers go through it just to see what they're capable of. So, um, you know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many answers you're going to get as far as what things are going to look like down the road. So with that in mind, what, what are you looking at in OTAs? Cause again, the pads aren't on, they're not supposed to hit and do live team drills and stuff like that. You know, um, in a lot of ways it's a, you know, it's a glorified seven on seven practice. Um, you know, not all the guys will be there, uh, potentially. I mean, I don't know, maybe some of them will show up, but usually OTAs is the time when some guys, you know, don't, um, so what, what are you looking forward to the next few Thursdays? Well, Todd, the first thing I'm intrigued to see is, um, what, what do they end up, uh, what do they do at left tackle for Lando Brown Jr. doesn't show up? Technically, he hasn't signed his tender, so he doesn't have to show up. There's no violation on his end. So my first question is, does Orlando Brown Jr. sign his tender? If he signs it, then he's got to show up to everything. If he doesn't, then he doesn't have to show up to anything. He's not going to get punished for anything either. And even if he even if he signed it, he doesn't necessarily have to show up for OTAs. He could just show up for mini camp, technically, and because that's the mandatory part of it. So everything right. voluntary, you don't have to show up to. So I probably phrased that wrong. That's a, that's my bad. That's on me. Okay. We're going to get better with that. Um, yeah. But- so o- OTAs are voluntary. The mandatory mini camp is June 14th to 16th. So these next three Thursdays are not something that guys are required to be at. Now, obviously if you're the chiefs, you'd love to see hundred percent participation. You'd love to see those guys show up, but if there are veteran guys who are working their way back from an injury or, have other commitments. I mean, there will be guys that are absent and um, the team, I, I think, I think the key thing is as long as you've let the team know and they understand the reasons why I think they're fine with that. Do you think they would be fine if Orlando Brown just skips these workouts? Here, but let me ask this. If you, if I'm, yeah. if you're the chiefs coach and GM, you got a guy who wants to be the highest paid left tackle in the league. He's been a pro bowler, but it's an open question as to whether he is an elite left tackle in the league, in my opinion, and probably in the opinion of most people who observe the NFL. If a guy's in that situation, 
He wants a long-term deal. He's been tagged. You know, he's people from his camp have been open about the fact that he wants to be paid Trent Williams and David Bakhtiari money. And then he doesn't show up for your OTAs in a year where you have a lot of turnover on offense and you think you're a Super Bowl contender. How does that sit with you if you're an NFL GM or an NFL head coach? This is not the opinion that reflects Andy Reid or Brett Veach. But what I will say after my disclaimer is, look, if I'm in their shoes, like if you want that type of money, you got to put the sweat equity into it with this organization to get that type of money. So that you did, you were there, you did your part last year, but you didn't deliver on some stuff in terms of conditioning at times. And I know people argue and say, well, he, he made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I'm telling you, what I saw on Coach Trump wasn't Pro Bowl play. Like, I'm right. Uh, it, it, he had a Pro Bowl name and he played well at right tackle with the Ravens, but he he didn't get there because of what the was being put on tape. I'm just going to be blown about that, in my opinion. Now, people say I'm being too harsh, whatever. That is what it is. I can't change their opinion. Um, but would he have been a Pro Bowler if no one was allowed to speed rush him? I mean, he would have been a guy that has great arm length that, you know, he can can ride somebody all the way to the corner and let Patrick Mahomes step up, you know. So, um, but anyways, um, to, to move forward with what I'm talking about, um, like, like I said on the previous, one of the previous podcasts, like Patrick Mahomes was homegrown. Chris Jones was homegrown. Like those guys put in their time in Kansas City to get those extensions. So if it, it, when Chris Jones didn't show up because he didn't sign the franchise tag, but got his new deal before the July 15th deadline, like Jones had put in enough time. They knew who he was and what he was about with the chiefs. You're still finding out what Orlando Brown is and what he's about. You have a year's worth of it, but you're, you're deciding if you want to, if he's going to come in good faith, show up there, Sign the, sign the tender and be a part of all of the workouts. Now, is that a risk for him injury-wise? You bet it is. Like, I mean, I understand that part of it. That's why I'm not – I'm personally not going to fully judge if he didn't show up for it and be like, well, I can't believe that. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't help your cause when you're trying to be the best paid at your position. So, like, that doesn't, that doesn't help. In my opinion, that doesn't help. And that's, that's just not what's going to get you paid in that way, especially since you haven't been here for three to four years and – develop that level with the organization so i think that's going to be i think that's going to be a uh that, that would be a talking point now my other my other part of it is why don't you have an agent yet like you let go of your agent before the combine in february and like it's we're in may now it's almost been three months without an agent it's getting very close to three months without an agent like what are we doing here I understand the I understand the, the potential tactic with what's being done, but in an ideal world, you want an agent to represent you to get you a fair market fair market deal. A lot of times, when you see an agent, um, you know, when you see a guy leave his agent, he very he already has a new agent in mind and he makes the move very quickly to a different agency. And the other agent normally helped him. <laughs> right. Right. No, I mean, I, I'm trying, you know, I, I'm trying to imply that the dominoes were already set up and then, you know, you, you flick one in motion. They all go down at once. I'm going to say, I mean, I'm going to give somebody a comparison here real quick. Cause you like to do that. Sometimes uh, this will be a fun one. It's like somebody's in a relationship 
but they're still on Bumble <laughs> or some other dating app and they're swiping through to see the next options. Yeah. Or, or that you've been dating someone for a year and a half and, and your, your Facebook status still says it's complicated. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Todd. <laughs> so I guess that's where the Chiefs and, and Orlando Brown Jr. are at. It's complicated. Oh, <laughs> I, Look at Todd crushing it, giving examples that are real world out here. <laughs> I, there are, I think Orlando Brown Jr. is an above average left tackle on balance. I, I would be loath to give him a five year, $100 million contract if I was the Chiefs, um, especially if I'm not sure what his work ethic and his commitment to the team are going to be like. I think if I'm Orlando Brown and I want to prove to the Chiefs that I'm, that they should invest in me and that I am willing to put in the work. And I do want to be part of building a dynasty with Patrick Mahomes in town. If I, if I'm Orlando Brown, I am going to be at OTAs. Um, but that's, you know, th that would be, that would be the concession I would be willing to be willing to make as a still young player. Um, yeah, look, if I'm Trent Williams or David Bakhtiari and my knee has been killing me and I had an off season, or whatever i'm going to tell the team yo listen i don't want to go i don't want to go through the hassle of doing this like if you want me to come in and you know rehab get it looked at whatever but i don't want to be out there on the field doing stuff um and, and look it, maybe that's an option for orlando brown jr too to say hey um, i'll come in i'll do some conditioning I'll, I'll work with the trainers on some other stuff but i don't want to go through the paces because i don't want to risk getting hurt since i haven't signed my tender I think there's something. And so I, I, I guess what I, what you hope is, and, and we may not know the answer to this, although I'm sure Andy will be asked about this, um, whether Orlando's there or not. Um, I would hope that there's communication that's going on and that the team knows where Orlando Brown's head's at, especially since they can't reach out to the agent and get that, you know, get that information. To me, that's the, that's the other thing. As long as there's communication, as long as everybody knows what they're planning, then I, I think it's okay. And I think it's manageable. Um, if that's not happening, then to me, I think that's a red flag, especially if I'm the chief's organization and I'm, and I'm considering putting in, uh, and I'm considering, uh, you know, weighing the factors. Do, do we keep him on the tag? Do we tag him and trade him or do we try to work out a long-term deal? Yeah, and the other the other part of it is, like I said, I'll, I'll be curious to see who's at left tackle when they start OTAs. So, I mean, you know, is it going to be Joe? Is it going to be Joe Tooney? Is it going to be somebody else? You know, and then if that if Joe Tooney's at left tackle, then I would assume Nick Allegretti should be at left guard. Creed Humphrey should be at center. Trey Smith at right guard. Then he kind of, I would assume Wiley gets the initial nod, and then Kennard has to work his way in over time to hopefully kind of be that guy. But I mean, that would be my envisionment of what the first team offensive line as if, if Orlando Brown Jr. is not there for OTAs. And that's where the signing of Garen Christian, um, who and has another guy I would be curious to see at left. Time. Right. Who has experience at, at, at as a swing tackle. And I think right. they signed him to be a swing tackle. Right. But he has starting experience with the Texans. So he's a guy like it, if you don't, if you don't, if you think Joe Tooney is going to be your left guard rolling into the season, I think you keep him at left guard during the off season. And you don't just move them over because there's questions uh, about Orlando, you know, Orlando Brown. So, I, but you know, here's, I, here's the underrated thing that people don't know. Joe Tinney played tackle in college. Right. And, and that's the part a lot of people don't realize. And he's technically getting paid tackle money. 
he, he is. And, and look, Andy Heck loves to cross train guys. So even if they, even if that's not going to be his primary place, guys will work at guard and tackle, um, you know, uh, in different spots as they, as they work through the off season. I'm sorry. This is, the, this is the envisionment when you said the word cross train. I'm like, oh wow, is that some new workout program? Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. cross training. We're they're gonna have they're gonna have the ropes out there. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what popped in my head. Not blaming you, Todd. So you know, you you also mentioned the secondary. There's so many new faces in the secondary. I mean, like, look, and a receiver. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, switch it. Well, we I mean, we can talk about that, but I look, I think that the the difference between the two in my mind is the chiefs brought in some veteran guys other than sky Moore, but like uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling and uh, you know, who, by the way, I don't know if you saw like somebody posted a graphic about how Jonathan Taylor had, you know, had three of the top five fastest runs um, in the NFL last year. He was like one, four and five for the top speed. He reached on his runs. Number two on that list, was MVS just uh, in case anybody was wondering, you know, the caliber of athlete they're getting Juju Smith Schuster guy who has been around the league. You know, all those guys spent some time, you know, Ronald Jones um, coming in at, at running back. And I think he's going to have a big role with this team. All those guys spent, spent time down in Texas um, with Patrick Mahomes going through some things. There's value in OTAs to continue to go through that. But look, we know what, Marquez Valdez Scantling is in the NFL. We know what Juju Smith Schuster is in the NFL. We've seen them do it, right? I mean, are they Tyree Kill? No, but are they serviceable, talented, quality NFL players? Yeah, we know for a fact that they are because we've seen it, right? On the on the other side of the ball, in that secondary, uh, you've got Justin Reed, you've got Juan Thornhill. Uh, you know, you've got Legarius Sneed. You've got, well, Fenton won't be out there because he's recovering from that shoulder surgery we found out before the draft. But we don't know what Trent McDuffie's going to be in the NFL. We don't know what Brian Cook or Joshua Williams or, you know, these guys they drafted are going to be in the NFL. In some cases, we don't even know what role they're going to, you know, Spagnuolo envisions for him. I think we can project based on, you know, like Joshua Williams with his length, you would expect him to probably be an outside guy, right? Trent McDuffie. Um, he's versatile, but you probably expect him to be one of the starters outside, um, given where they drafted him and, and given where the needs are on this team after losing Charvarius Ward. But to me, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Like we talked about what direction are they going to go with the secondary, but how are, how are the pieces they have pulled together this off season going to fit into that puzzle? Um, especially because they lost Tyron Matthew, who did a lot of different things and, a lot of off script things for the team. Right. So are, are they going to have to, how do you envision this secondary coming together? And what do you think you can learn if anything from OTAs about the, the path forward for the secondary? I mean, secondary would be third on my list. Um, just because I know they're going to make mistakes early on. And this is kind of more being able to visually see where they envision lining them up, how McDuffie looks, how, how they all collectively look in the secondary. Um, that's that's where I'm going to be intrigued, where they put Justin Reed at. You know, where, is he kind of in more of the Matthew role or does he kind of rotate around? What do they do with him? And then Naze, where do they put him at? What's he able to do? What's Bush able to do? The safety that they got from the Bears. And then corner-wise, where they want to rotate everybody at. And who, who are going to be the outside corners? Who are the, you know, who are the inside corners? How do they 
how do they go between first, second, third team? How do they look in each in each regard? You know, and, and athletically, just being able to take a chance and kind of look at where they're at and what they're what they're capable of. That's that's kind of where I'm intrigued on the secondary part of it. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, we'll, we'll get better answers in training camp, obviously, and in yeah. preseason games and stuff like that. But um, that is the first peak. Anything else from OTAs that you're excited to to see? Yeah, here's what I'll say about OTAs from uh, attending a handful of them in my lifetime. And by a handful of them, I mean I crazily attended every single one of them from 2011 until 2017, 16, right before my homes. I, I went to every single one of them. One of Therese and I's favorite things to do was to go to those. The crazy guys in summer standing out in 92-degree heat, just just enjoying watching the 7-on-7, 11-on-11 stuff. That's uh, Therese and I, we both, you know, it was, it was one of our things. And well, I mean, we you, had a lot you, of fun there together with that. Yeah, but, you've been jonesing for it for a while at that point, so. True. Um, and, you know, also. Well, I mean, you I guys mean, are football addicts, so. That's, that's a solid point. We do. We did, <laughs> did love the football. Um, but, like, the, with OTAs, I you get a good idea skill position-wise what people are and aren't capable of, especially receiver and corner to where whenever I would put my 53 together, I already knew going into training camp who was, you know, when I'd make that part of the roster, I already knew who was going to be a part of the chiefs final 53, except probably one or two spots, just simply because you, you saw them every single day. You saw 10 practices and 13 mini camps. Like, so you knew uh, people separated themselves to where you're like, okay, that, that that's pretty clear on that one. Now the shoulder pads could change some of the physicality for a couple guys and kind of how they got utilized in special teams and how physical they were in special teams could change a little bit of that towards the bottom half there. But for the most part, you, you kind of like, that's where, uh, you know, I already knew Albert Wilson the year that he was at OTA is just how many passes he was catching, how good he looked. I knew he was making the rosters and I'm drafted for years. I'm like, yeah, that guy's making the roster. Like, He's one of their four, three, four best receivers out there in a in a group of twelve, you know, or fourteen, however many it was that year. I'm like, he's he's making that roster, and like I remember people would, would say on my my prediction, like you got Albert Wilson making the roster. I'm like, eh, after those thirteen practices, yeah, no, it's pretty clear that dude's making the team. Um, so you know, you just you kind of get those, you get you get a chance to kind of see some of those guys kind of jump out at you from a skill position perspective. So that, that's kind of the, that's the big benefit of OTAs. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, it, it's the good news is, um, you know, I, uh, I don't know if you follow baseball at all, uh, or major league soccer um, season's not going well uh, for the local teams. Um, so the good news is that OTAs represent one more step toward chiefs football being back. Look, I'm saying if sporting has a whole bunch more red cards, I mean, people are going to be intrigued. You know? <laughs> well, they won't be able to field the team the next, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying the whole team, but, I mean, you know, you have one a game type of thing. I mean, people, that's going to keep people's interest. You wow. just don't want to. I mean, look, uh, they, they did bounce back and get the win against Colorado midweek, and they still are alive in the U.S. Open Cup, which for sporting And, fans, and by the way, I'm going to say Peter Vermes is a heck of a coach that gets taken for granted far too often. Oh, I absolutely agree. I I, I I'm a little, I mean, I get why people are frustrated with the way the season's going. I, and I get that people are unhappy with the, the lack of postseason success. Um, I would also say, especially when you're playing one-off games or, or even home and away, like, um, 
it's a crapshoot, right? I mean, one one or two bad bounces and 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 you're unlucky. And, and but they have been you know, a lot like sporty, a lot like the Kansas City Chiefs. They have been consistently excellent for a very, very, very long time, and that is very, very difficult to do um, in modern professional sports. I, I mean, especially in sports with a salary cap, right? Um, I mean, it's a little bit different if you're in the English Premier League and you can just outspend everybody every year, like a Man City or a Manchester United. In the NFL, you know, um, or, or Major League Soccer, I mean, you don't have that luxury. And not to get too far off topic, but if Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were out, my expectations for the season for the Kansas City Chiefs would be su- substantially diminished. And that's essentially what's going on with sporting. Alan Polito and Gotti Kinda are out, the two of their designated players. Um, I mean, if they hang around in the playoff race at all, to me, uh, it's a borderline miraculous performance uh, by Peter. And, and I understand some of the, you know, people question some of the personnel decisions, stuff like that. That's all fair. I'm not saying he's above criticism or above reproach, but I do think that um, he has proven himself to be an elite MLS soccer coach. And I'm just not, I am not at the point where I am ready to cash in. Having said that, I mean, if you remember back to when the Chiefs were three and four midseason, there were people saying Andy Reid needed to go and that Patrick Mahomes was broken. So uh, maybe, you know, uh, fans aren't really rational when it comes to their team struggling either. And that has been a preview of a potential future sporting podcast when Todd <laughs> finds an actual analyst that knows <laughs> soccer that is not named uh, Husky Shady. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, we could, I mean, we could, we could do the Husky Shady podcast if you want to. I don't know what our topics would be for that. I mean, Mizzou softball. <laughs> I, I like all softball, not just Mizzou. Mizzou just happens to be the most successful right now. And there. Right. The, the one that's still playing. Like if I, I have a daughter someday, is. I'm going to hope that she plays softball. I'm just being honest about that. All right. All right. Um, I don't have any daughters, but I, I would want them to play soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing response wise. So final point that I'm looking forward to in OTAs. <laughs> Drive get this train right back on the tracks. There we go. There we go. Now we're somebody, cooking. Somebody uh, call the railroad police. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it'll it'll be there at a four fifteen time. And the estimated departure was a little bit off than what we expected. <laughs> um, I I just want to see how in time and rhythm and timing that Mahomes has with the wide receivers. Like, even though they're veterans, like this is brand new for all of them and the chiefs organization kind of being able to adjust routes based off what they're seeing coverage wise and working all that. I'm just kind of curious to see where they're all at collectively and what working together has been able to do for them before they came up here to Kansas city for OTAs. So that's another part. I'm kind of curious to see where they're at, where, what adjustments they make collectively as a group. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see what this group is going to be like overall as a wide receiving corp. Yeah, no, it, I mean, look, it'll, it's always, like you said earlier, it's always fun to get that first peek behind the curtain uh, at what the, the team's going to look like next year in OTAs rookie mini camp. You don't get that a lot. I mean, frankly, a lot of those guys aren't going to be on the roster and there, there are plenty of guys who will be participating in OTAs who won't be on the roster either, but now you get to mix the veterans in, and this will be the first chance to really see what the team may look like next year. Right. Um, and so that, that's always an, an exciting time. You know, it's like, it's like the, it's like the top gun Maverick trailer, right? Like I, I've 
I've seen it several times at this point. Um, they will probably take some of my money uh, here in a couple of weeks when the movie comes out, um, you know, and, and look, I'll, I'll be looking more forward to the movie, but um, the trailer is what we got to work with right now. And much like with the chiefs OTAs are what we got to work with right now. So, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be a good time either way. Well, you talk about a dilemma. I've been wrestling back and forth on seeing a Top Gun movie in movie theaters. That's a tough I mean, one for a germaphobe like me right now. I, I, there's got to be like a 1030 showing on a Monday or Tuesday that's right up your alley. Dude, I don't know, man, because I'll be <laughs> thinking about that air filtration system and what what, <laughs> what what do I need to worry about? <laughs> do you have sanitary wipes for my chair that I'm going to be sitting in <laughs> well, with a recliner? Will they let you bring them in yourself? I'm sure they'll let you bring those in yourself. You know, so. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you, man. And then, like, how do I, if I did wear a mask, like, how do I get my, uh, my, you know, like the straw to be able to enjoy a, a diet beverage? Um, I just there's so many problems there that I'm, I'm like, I may wait the full 45 days before it streams, but I will pay that 1999 <laughs> when it's on the right, right. I will. Now, to see to me that's one that i i have to see Todd, you've I, been you have just brought up one of the topics that i've been wrestling with in my head for two <laughs> weeks now that the, to if me that's one that i've got to see on the big screen man like like just the um like 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 just uh, i'm just gonna put it this way amc um their picture quality and sound system uh better than the one in my living room what's what's such a bummer is like that was a movie you Therese and I and um, had talked about all going together and go seeing an MX 4d because that yeah. movie is literally supposed to come out in 2020. <laughs> like yeah, before yeah. COVID happened yeah. and here it is two years later. It's like, man, I, I, I still think about that. You're going to see the trailer. I'm like, dude, that was going to be awesome. Therese, Todd and I, and then I was going to see my dad and brother wanted to go. And if you guys, anybody you wanted to go, and just essentially at that point, run out that MX 4D with the moving <laughs> chairs, <laughs> right. where it's just our whole entourage of people that want to see the Top Gun movie. So that's something I was kind of thinking about now when I see the trailer. But, um, dude, like, yeah, I like thought that, I would when they announced John Wick 4, I couldn't help but think about it. I know, um, since, I know. That since was we'd already seen John Wick about. 3. Yeah. Since we'd already seen John Wick 3 in a tornado uh, a warning <laughs> that shut down the power. <laughs> Stop the power. And then Therese and I are stuck like we're <laughs> we're up in a in a uh, in a roller coaster that just <laughs> right. no because no, we were in the 4D theater, so the, the chairs were moving and they were in the middle of an action sequence. Mm-hmm. And you're we the, the seats we were sitting on were all pitched toward the side mm-hmm. when the power don't worry, yours off. was the closest to the ground. Therese and I was yeah, the yeah, no. I hopped down to go see what was going on. And they're like, oh, there's a tornado warning. And I was like, oh, um, I was like, well, uh, I, we were all unawares and such having been, you know, having been in the theater for an hour and 15 minutes at that point. <laughs> so is John coming back here to deliver yeah, some yeah. law or what? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but yeah, that's, that's my journey right now in terms of the Top Gun movie. But I mean, I don't know, Todd, I don't know, man. I really want to see. I really want to see Top Gun Maverick. Like, you know, I really want to see that movie, but I don't know if I should risk it for the biscuit, like Bruce Aarons would say. Well, I'll tell you what. My so my eight year old, um, when when I showed him the trailer, he he asked if he could go, and I said I said only if you have seen uh, Top Gun, right? Like you have yeah. to have seen the original. So that yeah. is, we're recording this on a Friday. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife volunteers, um, has a standing volunteer uh, obligation on Tuesday and Friday nights. So Fridays are movie nights for the Palmer boys. So for the, the volunteer work that she does, yeah, is it just her handing out cracked chicken chili to a whole bunch of whole bunch people, of people not for free? Jacobs? Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. She's holding out on you. <laughs> I just want to know the location so I can go there and get some. <laughs> Um, it is not in Kansas. I can tell you that. Okay. But anyways, continue the uh, movie night Palmer boys. Yeah, no. So, uh, top guns on the agenda so that, uh, we can knock that one out and be ready for Memorial day weekend or some weekend after. Okay. Well, if you will open the, your front door so I can see the TV, I'll watch it from afar with the launch <laughs> yeah. on the outside. But I need you, when I call, I need you to put the phone up to the speaker so i can hear it from outdoors like a drive-in movie right yeah no i'll set it right next to the sound bar or would you rather me set it on the woofer the subwoofer i mean worst case i can just time it with uh whatever you're watching <laughs> i'll just have the speakers <laughs> outside i'm not i'm not to that level but i'm not terribly far from it in terms of <laughs> right yeah right, right now. now he he jokes but not really <laughs> <laughs> As, as Mick Schaefer said, and you said before, I've been preparing for this my whole life. I just didn't know it. Right. No. And to be clear, like long, long, long before COVID was a thing, like anytime Nick Jacobs comes into the office, the first thing he does is pull out the bottle of wet wipes and wipe everything down. He may touch during his shift. That's how he's operated from the beginning of time. Um, so. I just, it just felt nice when other people did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I you, felt normal for a little yeah. bit. You, you've never felt more seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so alive. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, all right. Well, um, I got nothing else. Yeah, that's that's all I got. That's all this husky shit he's got for you today. Mm-hmm. So that'll do it. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again next week after OTAs. Uh, we'll probably hear from Patrick and Andy by then. So uh, um, hopefully we'll have uh, more interesting stuff to drop. Oh, and before I forget, for those that are asking OTA-wise or wondering, um, media access will be on Thursdays. So, like, they they have 10 total practices, but there are certain ones that are open for media. So that's why you won't hear something every day whenever you're texting or tweeting. People have been like, hey, what happened to OTAs today? <laughs> you, just, you just have to – it'll be a Thursday special yeah, for a couple yeah, of Yeah, it'll be like, ask Patrick. We only get to go on Thursdays. <laughs> Anyways, that's so. all I got for you, Todd. All right. Well, with that, take care, kids. <laughs>